some of you may know, especially some of you who have been who have watched Fox 8 News. Um, <laughs> we um, we had a, we made a, we were on TV and we were like the featured uh, one of the featured uh, segments on Fox 8 News. Thanks to Melissa Reed, who called me, literally called me. Wednesday afternoon at 4.45 in the afternoon and asked if I was with Akron Alliance Fellowship Church and I said yes and she said yes we saw your sign out front (laughs) and that's what got the ball rolling literally I called Roscoe I said Melissa Fox 8 wants to do an interview with us that night and it just so happened that we were having Wednesday Bible study. So everybody was going to be here, the people who were here for that. And I also talked to and spoke to Pastor Gus and gave him the news as well, too. And this was in the midst of all the stuff going on with Elaine, which I'll get to in a moment. But um, they literally called at 445. We had to confirm that someone would be here at 6 o'clock for the interview. A 6 o'clock interview went off. Melissa Reed arrived and talked to Gus, and he was... I thought it was an outstanding segment. I mean, I'm, I'm, it was a minute and 50 seconds, but it was like it got to the point. It said what the, the message was to be conveyed on the sign. It was a phenomenal interview. It was on TV at 10 o'clock that night. That's how quickly things happen in TV time. It was on at 1 as well. Oh, 1 a.m., yeah. They kept running it, and they ran it again uh, the following morning on Thursday. They kept running this. Thursday morning as well during the morning news. Yeah, so it got a lot of publicity. Now, just so you know, that was just the beginning. This went national. And actually, it went international because we had UPI picked it up. We had the New York Post picked it up. We had um, Breitbart picked it up. There were several national and international If you type in Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, you're going to see a link to that article in the search because that's how much it got attention. Now, we can have a debate about the kind of attention it got. I think it was generally favorable. There were some people that thought we should never have had that sign up in the front of the church in the first place. And and I even questioned it when I first saw it. I said, well, you know, hey, look, let it ride. It's just another way. And, and the way I looked at it, frankly, is like any, any publicity <laughs> is good publicity, even if it's not always great. But the fact is, is that we have done that. And then Melissa Reed called Gus back on Friday, and I found out, they said that, you know, you should, do you have a way of having people donate who want to contribute to the air conditioner fund? And, and Gus called me and said, can you put something up there? And I said, sure, like, like I do this every day. So we were able to do it. We actually were able to put a donation or fundraiser on Facebook, on our Facebook page. We have $520 right now that has been donated so far, only over a course of a couple of days worth of just putting this out there. And, of course, we put the $3,500 goal up there for, for this. But I'm just going to just say, just be prayerful about what this means. I don't know that our church has ever had that kind of publicity for anything that I can recall, and I don't, I don't know that we'll ever have that again, so you take advantage of your 15 minutes of fame and you do it. But um, it came across very well. It was a very positive thing, and I wanted to just let you know that I appreciate all of you for 
your everything that you guys have done here behind the scenes to make sure things were ready. There was a lot that had to happen on Wednesday to get this to work out. Yeah. We, we have it up. We're going to have it up until um, the end of September. Um, end of September, end of October, excuse me. We, we actually have it running along for about 30 days. So it'll be up there, and it's just going to uh, Akron Alliance as a nonprofit, and the, all the funds should show up because it's a nonprofit. Facebook, the one thing that they do that is beneficial is they don't take any money out if they know it's going to a nonprofit. So as opposed to GoFundMe, which they will charge you money. That's right. That's, I had to research this very quickly um, on Friday afternoon, like, how do we get this to pull it off? So our website has a link that goes right to the Facebook page if you want to make a donation. We've had some people make donations. So it's been very good. Um, but uh, just wanted to give you an update on that. I mentioned Elaine. Elaine is home. She's resting. She's recuperating. She um, had a bit of a bobble this, this week and uh, went to the hospital. And she's back home and recovering. Pray for her recovery. Um, um, I understand she's going to change her diet a little bit. Um, that's, that's how it goes. Um, and while I'm on the subject of diet, please make sure that you're doing what you can to make sure that you're eating properly. But even with that, move around. Exercise, walk, move around. There's nothing bad about that. There's, it's everything good about keeping your heart pumping, keeping yourself in the best shape you can be. And you have to be conscious of that even now as we get older. You, you have to just pay attention to those very things. Do the best you can with that. Um, you don't have to run a marathon. You don't, I, I hate the idea of running. I'm not going to run anywhere, but I'll walk and I'll do what's necessary there. But just keep that in mind. Did you have a question or more of a... I'm, I, I've lost a little weight. No, she's beating me. I don't know. What is this? All right, we're going to move, we're going to move on now. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to lose a little bit more weight. I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, with that in mind, you need my diet? No, that's not a diet. That's, that's a salt. So let's move on now. We're going to talk about, and we're going to get into our lesson. Does anybody have any questions about this whole thing that we've done with this whole campaign and things happen very quickly with the church and all that? So there's going to be some attention. It's going to start dying down because it typically does when a news cycle goes by. It's going to start dying down. But the video is still up on the website. We still have the video posted. We did capture that. Um, it sounds like all of you saw it. So, okay, very good. That, well, Fox 8 did its job. <laughs> if everybody saw the video, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. It was a window unit. The heart was there. Yep. Exactly right. Okay. 
Thanks for listening to that. I hope you're up to date now a little bit as to what's been happening and what's going on. Um, there's some other news. I'm going to leave other people to talk about that. <laughs> so we'll cover that a little bit later on today. But um, rest assured, God has his hands on this church. There is no question about it. When you see things like this happen and they just kind of happen, this was very random, I'm telling you. Really random thing, but just took one person to pay attention to something and actually make it a newsworthy article. And for it to get out to national, international, and United Press International and different outlets like that because they thought it was an interesting enough story to publicize. And one thing we have to understand, too, and I think Gus said it just beautifully, and the editing was phenomenal, um, wanted to get the message out that, you know, obviously, if you keep going down the path that you're going down, you're, you're going to wind up in a place that you don't want to be. And ultimately, um, sometimes the gospel message is a go- it is the gospel message of truth all the time. But sometimes we have to make sure that we're conveying that there is a consequence for bad behavior. Um, and yet we invite that person to come into our church if they want to come. That's the whole beauty of the gospel, forgiveness. So I love the fact that we changed the sign out front now and we have a new sign up there, which is fine because the other one made it. We got all the mileage we could out of that other one. Um, but forgiveness is a, is a very important thing for us to remember, too. Um, okay. We're going to go ahead and pray and get started because we wanted to get into the rest of this lesson, finish it up, and also ask some very probing questions of you. And that those are questions that you need to be asking yourself as well, too. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've allowed us to come together and gather and just sit quietly and hear the Spirit speak. We thank you for this time each week. We thank you for your presence. We are always reminded that where more than two are gathered, you are present. Gathered in your name, you are present. We thank you, Lord, that you're here with us. Speak to us, encourage us, teach us, motivate us, give us what we need to sustain ourselves. We thank you for the power of your word, and we thank you for the power of your teaching through the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise and thanks in all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a challenge that was issued last week. I don't know if you picked up on it. Challenge was, in the midst of trying to discover about a person, how focused are you on your particular walk with Jesus Christ? We went through an exercise last week during the service where we were asking questions or questions were asked. And yet, one of the challenges that was given was, okay, we're going through this exercise, we're asking these questions, but I want to know, are you thinking about where you are in Jesus Christ? It's one thing to talk to someone else, you know, just like when, you know, you're doing an interview. If you're interviewing someone, you're trying to find out about a person and trying to find out who they are, what they're all about. Is this person worthy of hiring? I know the daycare has a... a, a heck of a time finding good people because it's tough these days. We have the best employment right now in our country's history. But there's a downside to that. The downside is is that when you have a bunch of people who are working 
and working in jobs. And sometimes some of these younger people work two jobs because they're that good and they have that expertise. So that leaves less room for other people. Now, we have, what, artificially, what, 3% unemployment? Is that, uh, you could, two and a half, three percent 3%. I've said this before, and I've told some of you this already. Of that 3%, you may have one half percent that are employable and will keep a job. The other two and a half percent will either never keep a job or cannot be hired for different reasons. So we may be at full employment right now. So the challenge that any company has is finding people either out of college or finding people who are transitioning for different reasons that have expertise that can actually do the job that they're applying for. And sometimes people apply for jobs they have no expertise in whatsoever. So that's the daycare's challenge. Finding good people. My segue to this is that making sure that you understand that you are qualified to serve in the body of Christ. You yourself, personally, you are qualified to serve in the body of Christ. We went through this exercise in the, uh, on page two of the handout in our, summer, our, our lesson 14 about knowing all about you, that God knows all about you and who you are, and are you able to articulate the blessings about you and the things that are difficult about you. If you can't assess who you are as a person, you don't know who you are. You need to be able to articulate who you are as a person in service. And getting older is no excuse. Just because you're not working anymore or in retirement, whatever that is, right, Charles? Retirement, you know. There's no excuse for you to not know where your role is in the body of Christ. If you know there are some things about you that are good and you know there are things about you that are bad, then what you should be doing is praising the Lord for those things that are good and praying about those things that aren't so good. That God will help to, you know, smooth those rough edges in your life. And we have rough edges. Amen? If we're being totally honest, we have some rough edges. The next lesson that we will be having, we'll be talking about God hearing our prayer. Well, the bottom line is that he will be, he, he does listen to our prayers, but sometimes we need to watch how we're praying. Are we praying for sincere, a sincere connection with the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are we just doing it to check boxes? I kept hearing this expression yesterday about checking boxes. Checking boxes sometimes doesn't have application in your life. Checking boxes is more like an agenda. You're just getting a to-do list done. I kept hearing about how Georgia beat Notre Dame. Well, they checked the box. They were supposed to win that game. So that was a box checker for Georgia beating Notre Dame. I said, that's not a box checker. You're trying to win the game. They were saying it in the grand scheme of things about them going to the playoffs and then eventually going to a national championship game. And I understood what they were doing, but I thought it was really dumb. Box checking is not how you should be living your life. Is that a fair comment? We're not doing this faith thing to check off boxes. That's not what this is about. 
What are those things about you that are blessings about you before others? And what are those things that are difficulties? You should have an honest assessment of your personality and who you are. And sometimes, if you're paying attention and really listening, some people might even tell you those things. What are those things that are difficult about you? And sometimes we beat around the bush a little bit and try to be nice about it. I'm going to challenge you about something here. Some people don't need to be beaten around the bush. Some people need told exactly who they are. Because we have a group of people who are living out here who don't understand unless you give it to them just like that. You can't beat around the bush. You have to tell people about them. You pull them aside. You have a conversation with them. Of course, you're developing a relationship with them, and you're hoping that people take it in the right way. Sometimes they'll take it in the right way. Sometimes they won't. But you know what? Sometimes they need to. Well, that's also you. If someone has given you, if you heard something more than once about your personality, maybe you should pay attention to it. More than once. If someone's told you something three or four times about your personality, maybe you should pay attention to that. Because what you don't want to do and what you need to understand about it, because you're dealing with all different kinds of people, interacting with all different kinds of individuals. The one thing that you want to always be is available to speak to anyone and everyone about Jesus Christ, even those people you don't necessarily get along with. So don't torpedo your relationship with someone because you've got this quirk about yourself that you just don't want to fix. And put somebody off. Is what I'm saying making sense? I mean, these are things that we need to be in consideration of, especially when we're talking about discipling other people. Being a disciple means focusing. I see the hand out there about that tattoo thing we talked about a few weeks ago. That was a really important lesson for us to understand about talking to different people, relating to different people. We can't be friends with just people just like us all the time. Sometimes we have to be friends with people who aren't like us at all, especially when it comes to who you're hanging around with. You have to work with some of these people. Now, I won't, I won't put anybody who works at the daycare on full blast, but I'm going to challenge that not everybody that is at the daycare who's employed is easy to work with. Is that a fair comment? Uh, okay, so and this is true in any workplace. This is not just exclusive to the daycare. I'm giving a relevant example for our purposes, but they're not easy to work with for different reasons. Sometimes they're just dumb reasons, but sometimes they're valid reasons. And that's true in any workplace. But does that mean that you can't still work and accomplish things? Of course you can. It may take a little more effort sometimes than others, which is not always the pleasant thing. But ultimately, you have a job to do. In the body of Christ, we all have jobs to do. We've been given that task by Jesus Christ himself. And he ultimately says, if it be, if it is at all possible, be at peace with everyone. Be at peace with everyone. If it's possible. Now, Jesus gives you that out because sometimes it's not possible. But you do whatever you can to make sure you're doing what's necessary to work and be at peace with everyone. Amen? Okay. Well, we're only talking about those very things. And even that sign thing that we did with uh, out the front. 
we're still leaving the door open for someone to reconcile. That was the message. It's all about reconciliation with Jesus Christ. God knows who we are. We're not fooling anyone. We need to be aware of that. We need to understand that. He knows exactly who you are. You only fool yourself when you choose to deny things about you that need improvement. That's why it's very, very important, and we said this last week as well too, there's nothing more powerful than prayer when it comes to reconciling, discussing, seeking, asking, knocking, all those things. There's nothing more important than you being prayerful about it. Prayer is very important. Amen? Amen. Prayer should be a daily routine for you. And not just a daily routine, but an all-day daily routine. Because it says, pray continually. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Pray without ceasing. Pray often. And you're going to need to pray often because you're going to run into things sometimes that you encounter that don't look right. And you need to be prayerful about it. Lynn and I were driving down Old Late Road yesterday and we saw something that we both looked at. That didn't look right. There's a guy walking in the street in traffic. Well, he was on the side of the road and he looked like he was crying. He was upset. He was rubbing his head, um, looked despondent. He looked, it was in stress. It was a stressful situation. So... At that moment, you realize something's not right. You make a decision. You, you act based upon the Spirit speaking to you. So I, I, I have a non-emergency number for the Summit County Police in my phone. It's already there. And I had that for a reason. It was because of my mother. My mother was constantly having to call the police because she couldn't find her checkbook or her credit cards or her diamond rings and, you know, the police would be contacted and sometimes the police would contact me. And so we made a deal. If you got a call like that, to call me and let me know. So I have the non-emergency number for Summit County burned in my phone. It's there. And I was able to call them uh, about this incident yesterday. And they said they would send a car out. And then you let leave the rest in the Lord's hands. Because he only ultimately is going to be the one that's going to oversee that. I couldn't see it. I couldn't do anything about it. But this is what I mean about being prayerful all day long. Being focused on the kingdom in some way, shape, or form all day long. God knows who you are. He wants to use you at every opportunity that's available. He wants to use you. He wants you to be available to be used. So ask yourself the question, are you always available to be used? Are you always true? I mean, I'm saying this in all, in all sincerity. Some of us don't want to be available. I heard some stuff last week. I don't like people. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to go anywhere near them. I'm hearing that last week. I'm saying, what is wrong with y'all? Now, how, are you, how are you all in the kingdom or looking in the body of Christ? And it's like, I don't want to be around people. I, don't want to be around I was floored by that. If I wasn't sitting on a stool, I would have been on the floor. That's why I said that. It's like, okay, you don't like people. You don't want to be around people. So you ain't a people person. I got that. But guess what? You have another calling. 
Where Jesus says, I guess you are a people person. You've got to be a people person. You've got to be able to function to be able to disciple other people. You've got to be able to talk to folks. You shouldn't be talking to folks gritting your teeth at the same time. Because I don't like people. I just thought that was hilarious myself. I was like, how many introverts do we have in this church? We may have a lot of introverts, but understand something. God is able to do things with you that you can't even imagine sometimes. You, you have to understand that if you make yourself available, he is going to do things for you. We've seen examples of that in Scripture. In Gideon, the Gideon, you know, the person who he was, oh, Lord, let me see if I got this right. You know, that's Gideon all over. But when it came time for him to do what needed to be done, he was mighty. But you make yourself available. You make yourself available when you're dealing with people. God knows all about you. Have you reflected on what he knows all about you and what that means? Suffice it to say that your, your belief in Jesus Christ should be a growing relationship year after year after year. You should not be plateauing. You should not be flattening out, let alone declining. You should be continually, just like we have a growth potential. Your 401k, prayerfully, this year went like this if you had a 401k because of the market. But it's always supposed to be doing this gradual growth pattern. That's why in 2008 we were, we were scrambling to change our, <laughs> we were scrambling to change what we were investing in to make sure that we have this ongoing growth. Because some 401ks took a hit. Big hits. But generally, this is your faith. This is you gradually moving upward as you get more experience, as you get more life experience, as you encounter more things, as you learn things. How many of you have learned something last week you didn't know before? Last week, or this week for that matter. That's good. That's a good sign. That's progression. When you're learning something, that adds to your knowledge base. It helps you in making future decisions, even making good decisions about yourself. It's always good. Now, we're going to finish up this lesson today because I think I've beaten it to death for the last few weeks, but we've had some really good discussion. And in this discussion, we're finding out about ourselves and, and asserting about ourselves. We have to be honest about who we are. Have you been a bad person in your life? Sure you have. And usually that means you have to make a change from where you were before to where you are today, especially in the body of Christ. Paul acknowledged what he used to do as Saul. And, you know, we've seen things in the, in the Bible where, you know, there's murder and mayhem taking place. And people have had to repent and change. Yes. Yep. Yes. True. True. We have to go past that, but what we're... Go, that's, that's the key. Now we have to get to that, though. That's the whole point of this. 
if we are being honest about who we are, we're going to get to it because God can use us in the best possible way. That's that's that. That's right. Right. Yes. Yes. That word comfort zone is really important. Here's something that you may not have thought about, but it's very true. If you're always in your comfort zone, you ain't doing a daggone thing for Jesus. You're not. No. Right. Right. That's right. If you're in your comfort zone, all, if all you want to be is comfortable, and that, you know, some of that I don't like other people stuff, you know, that's a place, if you want to sit where you are, you're not doing anything for Jesus. You might as well just acknowledge it. You're not. Because in your comfort zone, just like Faith was saying, you don't want to really learn anything. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to experience anything. You don't want to take, you know, sometimes it's a big deal for a person to take a trip somewhere. You know, it was funny, you know, when we, when we came down here, you know, we, we're kind of like the insider outsiders because we came from Cleveland. And so some, you know, some of, some of you Akron folk going to Cleveland was like going to New York or something. Because it's like, it's a 30-minute ride, okay? <laughs> but going to Cleveland, going to downtown Cleveland was like going like, whoa! <laughs> we, we, I thought that was hilarious personally, but that's just the way, that's the way people are. Sometimes taking a trip is a big deal. You know why? Because it's a new experience. It's something you're not used to. Well, that's what ministry is. But don't get in the way of your own efforts in ministry. Now, if you were writing down stuff about yourself on this handout, I don't know if you did or not. I don't know if you made mental notes. You might have written down some tough feelings because of what you may have endured in your past. Some of us have endured a bunch of junk in our past. Amen? Amen? Some of us have endured things that are unspeakable. Not worth, you know, discussing publicly. You know what they are. We're on page, we're on the back page, we're on page three, the last page. Um, it's that paragraph up top where it says, you may have written down right under some tough feelings, but that's where we left off. What may have been endured in your past could be hard to admit or embrace God really knew what was happening to you and he still let it happen. That's the other thing too. A lot of people struggle with the fact that they had to go through this stuff and they struggle with it. Why did I have to go through this torment? Why did I have to go through this suffering? Why did I have to go through this abuse? Why, why, why? These are constant questions. Now understand something. It's okay to ask those questions, but we also need to now ask the Lord Jesus to help make us breakthroughs. Breakthroughs. Because after all is said and done, Arella did say it, it doesn't really matter when it comes to ministry but we can make it matter if we don't allow Jesus involved in that healing process. 
the alliance says it, Jesus is what? Savior, sanctifier, healer, and coming king. Allow Jesus to be that healer in your life. If you're not allowing Jesus to be a healer, that means you're only relying upon your own strength and your own ability, and you can't heal yourself. You can't heal yourself. Jennifer Rothschild wrote on this handout, I have struggled with that when it comes to my friend Regina's death. If you remember, way back at the beginning of this study, Regina was her best friend, one of her best friends in college, and she was abducted and murdered. And that has stayed with her. I don't understand why God knows all this and still lets it happen. We can theorize, but our hearts aren't satisfied by theological answers. Amen. Sometimes there are no theological answers to the, explain the pain or hurt that you've gone through. There's no theo- In other words, you're not going to comfort somebody after they've lost their child or lost a husband. Well, it was God's will. You're not going to say something stupid like that. You should never say something stupid like that. And I said stupid because it's stupid. You're not going to use theological answers to comfort someone in the midst of difficulty. You're certainly not going to use it on yourself. Why would you do it to somebody else? Yeah, I'm chet bluntly here. We need to be smart. This I do know. God's children don't live by answers. We live by faith. That is the key. Living by faith. It's really all about faith. It's all about faith. The one thing that was great about that article, the, the interview on TV and all the comments that come in, you see the perspective that everybody has when it comes to opinions. Should we have had the sign up there? Well, you shouldn't have done that. Of course, we had the you know, grammar and spelling issues come up and a lot of people got past that and started talking about faith issues. It's good conversation. It challenges people. There's nothing, in my opinion, bad about what happened the other day with that TV, that TV thing. It was all good. It's all good discussion. It's all good conversation. If it makes people think about Jesus, that's a, that's a victory. That's a win. Making people think about Jesus and think about this thing about forgiveness making, and, and the topic of forgiveness and thinking about what does happen when a person doesn't know the Lord. They are going to go where? They're going to go to hell. That's what we need to have conversations about. Making people think it's always good. But we always want to make sure that we're talking about matters of faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen. If you walk by sight all the time, you're going to walk into brick walls a lot. That gets very painful. It hurts. We choose to take him as he is, not I wish, but I am. That's a great line because he is the great I am. If you're going to talk about who Jesus is, I am. I am. That's the descriptor. We had that in the study as well too earlier. Jesus is the great I am. We live for Jesus. We serve Jesus. We do what we do 
We make a living or we do whatever we do, but we still do it for who? Jesus. It's for Jesus. Go to 1 Samuel 1.16. We're actually talking about a verse now. Sorry about that. It took so long to get there, but we were, we were rolling with some other good stuff. 1 Samuel 1.16. While we're pulling this up, something just occurred to me, and I want you guys to be prayerful too. Not everybody was thrilled about what happened last week in church. Be sensitive. Be sensitive. Be mindful, especially today. Be mindful of that. Um, you know, we were talking about we don't know what to expect. We're, we're hoping that everything goes well as far as the overall picture of what happened. I think that's what the whole bottom, bottom line is here. But just be sensitive to that. Okay. 1 Samuel 1.16. Hannah struggled with a burden that brought her to tears. What was it? Pardon me? She wanted a child. That's a big deal says, do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. You see what she's equating? If you can't have a child, this is, this is all about back in the day. Women wanted to have children. It was their self-worth. Self-worth. And that's true today. I mean, for the most part, there are a lot of women who do want to have children. There are some women who don't, and that's, that's their prerogative. But at that time, culturally... It was everything for a woman to have a child. It was all about self-worth. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Why? Because she couldn't have a child. That was the reason. But she was a godly woman. And her focus was on seeking the Lord and addressing this issue. And that actually is a great lead-in because... She was seeking the Lord for a long time. It's a great lead-in for our next study about, God, do you hear our prayers? Because sometimes God doesn't answer the prayer that you have right away. And sometimes you have to wait a lot longer than many of us are willing to do. So that was what her issue was. She wanted to have a child. What did Hannah call God in her prayer in 1 Samuel 2.3? Go back to go to 1 Samuel 2.3. Just flip the pages over. Next chapter. Well, I'm, let's start reading with verse 1. 1 Samuel 2.1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Verse 2, there is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Then verse 3, talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. So this is a public, this is an open prayer. You know, you can pray openly. It's part of your way of discussing things. She's acknowledging who God really is. God knows everything. Hannah, in her barrenness, 
knew God was aware. When she conceived, she knew God was aware. He knows all. Amen? The thing that we always have to grapple with is the timing of everything. We are so caught up in timing. We want stuff to happen right away. Well, we don't worship a genie. We don't worship a genie. We have been conditioned with advertising. If you want to go get a car, you can get out, go out the house, sign a piece of paper, and drive off a lot. That's what we've been conditioned to do and not pay any money. We have been conditioned with this for years. This is nothing new. This has been going on for years. As soon as we start hearing radio advertising and TV advertising, we have been conditioned where we can get stuff whenever we want to, however we want to. Well, it doesn't work that way when you're wanting something from God. You can do whatever you want. It may not be the best thing. You can buy a house and get a $3,000 mortgage. And you can lose that house just as easily. That happened too. You have to understand, we can do things. It isn't always prudent because sometimes we need to seek God in the midst of all of this stuff. Hannah said, the Lord is a God of knowledge. Can you pray like Hannah? Acknowledging God is a God of knowledge is acknowledging that he knew and knows and he allows, but he also redeems. He allows a lot of things in our life, probably for our educational purposes. Education, it teaches us. The people that are the most dangerous are the folks that talk about, I want, you know, I don't want to read parts of the Bible because I don't want to know what happens in it. How stupid is that? But there are people out there like this. You have to understand that when you're discipling other people, there are people who are going to be ignorant of the word of God because they don't want to explore it. They don't want to read it because they, A, don't like what they're reading, and B, they don't want to change how they live. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says on the handout, write a prayer of acceptance and submission to his all-knowing character. And there's a place where it says, Dear God, and then there's a page there that you can write a prayer of acceptance and acknowledge. Now, what this, these lessons have been doing is challenging you to write out what's going on up here. Because it's challenging you to think about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a little section down there that says, Amen. And there's going to be another exercise like that in the next lesson. A lot of writing. A lot of thinking. Because it's a hot button when we're talking about prayer and God hearing our prayers. Please know that you aren't just another set of chromosomes and DNA roaming the planet. You're a child of God with a special story, a special calling, and a special name. Do you believe that about yourself? You are a special person. He didn't happen by accident. God knows who you are, where you've been, and where you're going. 
Isn't that interesting? He knows where you're going. You don't know where you're going sometimes. But he knows where you're going already. He knows all about you. He knows your tendencies. He knows your personality. Challenge yourself. You have to challenge yourself. Take the time during your personal Bible study and read through Psalm 139. While reading, circle or highlight the word no every time you see it. Then read it aloud again and replace every pronoun with your name. With your name. Take the word your in Psalm 139 and replace it with your name. Meditate on this passage in the security and knowledge that he knows your name. For however devoted you are to God, you may be sure that he is immeasurably more devoted to you. Notice how it said immeasurably more devoted. You may have devotion for God. His devotion you can't put in any kind of a quantifier. He loves you beyond words. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to look at a few passages, but really seek after you, Lord, about how important it is for us to make sure that we are doing everything we can to make ourselves open and available for ministry to other people. We thank you for the reminder that you truly do know who we are. And Lord, continue to challenge us to continue to improve on who I am as a person. I just thank you that you love me enough and that you care about me enough and you give me through the power of the Spirit the ability to recognize some things about me that need to be improved, that need to be worked on. We thank you for helping us to step out of our comfort zones. For we know we can be only effective when we do those very things. We just thank you again for those reminders. Thank you for helping us to be sensitive. A lot of t- this is a lot of time of change and movement, and we pray that we remain sensitive to what's going on, especially when talking and dealing with other people. We also pray now for the upcoming message in the speaker, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time.